We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No, but he says, first of all, great podcast, guys. You're doing great. But I do have a question. Matt has the corn reviews. Theo has the bird reviews. What is Bladen going to review? I don't know. You could do something with coding. That would kind of be oh, funny. God, just I, like I, code reviews. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Stay Hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer, as always, joined by Bladen Kirk and Theo Ash. Bladen Kirk and Theo Ash, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm doing good. I've I've committed to having a stay hot summer per the branding, and <laughs> I just started. I just started working at uh, a strawberry farm during a record heat wave, and I just got off my shift in the morning there, and now I'm here talking about. Well, I was talking about football there. The uh, patriarch of the Barry family that runs the whole thing was giving me some very interesting football takes that I could talk to you guys about. Oh God. You, would you like to hear them? I'm, I'm almost curious. Are they bad? They are very, they're, they're very lofty. They're very lofty and they have, they're mostly having to do with the Buccaneers. Okay, uh, he told me we, so I got done, I got done working. I was hoeing I was hoeing a field of all the weeds and I was on an asparagus machine cutting blossoms and I get done with doing that. And I'm on the porch of the house of the, of the people who run this berry farm. And then, you know, the, the, the older guy who, who lives there, I don't know how old he is. He's like grandpa aged. He's, he's the patriarch. And he's telling me about the Buccaneers and how they're the greatest team ever assembled. And he's like, Vegas has them as as it's there's a 99.5% chance that they go undefeated they have the greatest offensive line ever the greatest quarterback secondary and wide receiving core they're favored by 14 points in every game he was just going on and on about how the buccaneers are going to shatter every record this year and it's not even going to be close that was that was his big take <clears throat> about the buccaneers um, what do you guys think not sure how i feel about that i'm going to um, go with yikes <laughs> i mean it's tough to disagree with him cuz he's like they have such a great offensive line and quarterback and wide receiving core. But and, like, and they do. I can't be like, a yeah, 99% you're wrong. This is, this, is like the, uh, this is like the Bladen Saints going 0-16 take. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a little bit exaggerated. But, I mean, 
they they are pretty stacked and it's like the more i hear him talk the more he's kind of convincing me so maybe they will win every game by 14 points but i can't really disagree with him because like i kind of need him to like me <laughs> i don't want to be like yeah that's dead wrong uh, grandpa uh, understandable. <laughs> like, no. understandable anyway i just but think you did that, you heard it here first uh theo theo was hoeing i was i was hoeing the fields yes there's no there's no better way to put it we're talking right. some Julio Jones trade today. Since that just happened, then we'll be talking about some of the NBA playoff games. He might be a little bit behind in some of the series. This is coming out tomorrow. I know we're going to talk about Nets Bucks game one. And then in between this getting recorded and it coming out, Nets Bucks game two is going to be played. But we're going to talk about it anyway because I have a lot to say. But let's start off with the Julio trade. How are you guys feeling about this? I, I know Theo feels like he played a huge role in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, I know a lot of people thought that uh, when the DeAndre Hopkins trade happened that the Texans didn't get enough back for him. And now that we've seen another kind of top-tier receiver get a very similar package, maybe we're just seeing that res- people don't value receivers that much in terms of trade value. I would say that my main, or not my main takeaway, but I think the answer to that is a lot of people seem to think salary cap isn't real or that there's ever, never any consequences to signing whoever you want. That is not true. The Falcons would prefer not to give away their legendary fan favorite, never been in any trouble. Everyone loves the guy, still elite wide receiver for a second round pick. The reason they had to do that is because they're bad and poor. (laughs) <laughs> and Julio Jones clears up a lot of cap space. Yeah. And everyone is always like, oh, yeah, you can do it. You can do whatever you want if you're a team. Cap space isn't real. It is real. And, you know, a lot of teams can work their magic and, and you know, finesse it. But you can't always do it. And, the, and Julio Jones is a symptom of, of bad cap management um, that's been happening in, in Atlanta. And they're paying the price right now. Now, from a football standpoint... I mean, I love it for the Titans, uh, Matt. Oh, yeah. You're about to say something. I'll throw it to you. And I feel like kind of in the same sense with the calorie, uh, the salary cap, <laughs> the Titans aren't paying a second and a fourth. They're paying a second, a fourth, and $15 million for right. Julio Jones. Yeah. You have to take into account both. I, I yeah. know a lot of people a lot of people are like, oh, I would have gotten more for Julio. No, you wouldn't have. No one's paying a first-round <laughs> draft pick for a 31, 32-year-old wide receiver with who's coming off an injury who demanded a trade who cost $15 million. And if somebody was willing to pay that, the Falcons would have gotten it. Right. Right. So I don't, I mean, even as a Panthers fan, uh, I just think the Falcons were more in a tough spot than some people are realizing with that move. Yeah. And I agree. I think the league still views Julio. I don't think there is a single, there might not be a player outside of maybe Mahomes or Donald Rogers, Brady, that the league and people in the league respect more than Julio Jones. I was just watching a big interview with, with Wade Phillips about everything. And he was, they asked a question, how would you defend an elite wide receiver? And the name that he immediately said is a Julio Jones type. Like that was the name that brought up when he was thinking elite wide receiver. I know Larry Fitzgerald called Julio the best he'd ever seen. You know, Jalen Ramsey tweeted like a second and a fourth is all it took for a guy like Julio. We'd be unstoppable. I don't know if there's a guy in the league that commands more respect still or a wide receiver in the league that commands more respect still than Julio Jones. And, you know, the Titans, I think if you're going to focus on one guy, roll like double teams over to one side or wherever you're going to do. 
Um, that would probably still be to Julio, Julio's side. And I mean, that opens up a whole lot of stuff for AJ Brown that wouldn't have been opened up if, if Josh Reynolds was still on the other side. And I don't really know, you know, the defense is, is questionable. Yes. But I mean, I don't know if there's going to be an offense better. They were a top three yeah, offense they, anyway last year with Corey Davis as as that, the that Titans offense opposite. looks really, really talented. Yeah, I mean, I, I put out a tweet yesterday. I think it's comparable to the Nets as far as like a big three: Julio, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and if you want to throw, you know, Tannehill in that mix, you can. But you know, I, I think they have all the talent to be a playoff team as far as offense goes. It's not even just the talent. It's the physicality right. of those three guys. Those guys are going... I mean, how big and fast do you have to be <laughs> to even attempt to cover that? And it's not like they have some fatal flaw. It's not like, okay, we've got these three guys. And their line is have, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah their line like, is good. And, and their quarterback, quarterback is good, yeah. That, like a good quarterback, yeah. They don't, they don't have flaws on offense right now. No, I would, I would agree. And with, with Re- Reynolds really concerned me because what you can do is you can, you know, what Wade Phillips was talking about when I watched him, he's like, what do you do when you get it? When you, there's an elite wide receiver, he says, well, we put our best guy on the number two wide receiver, erase him. And then we focus on doubling the number one wide receiver. And that kind of takes them both out of the game. And that's now with, with Josh Reynolds, you can do that pretty easily. Like you can, you can, any number one corner can totally get rid of Josh Reynolds, most likely. Right. Now that that's not, and that, that can totally, and there's no tight ends on the team that I, you can really trust right now. Maybe one of them emerges, but you know, that passing game could have really been thrown off by that strategy, I think. And now that strategy is kind of out the window because I mean, both of them, I think can beat your a double team and your number one corner yeah. mostly. So yeah. And if, it's, if, they, if they both happen to be on an off day, guess what? You can just run it with Derrick Henry. Right. Behind and that you're going to have like, to stack. You're going to have to stack the box and, and fit the run with, you know, max fit the run. You can't have gaps. Yeah. It's, it's going to be ridiculous, their offense. And I know we were saying the, the NFC, I know I said the Jaguars would win the division. <laughs> I said, Oh, the I, Titans, I don't know, man. I the don't Titans think are just going to be a running game. That's going to, they're going to have a really good running game and the passing game is going to be in the defense going to be in. I don't know. I think the Julio Jones trade totally, totally changes that Titans, that Titans team. I think that it's going to be worth what they paid for sure. So those are my overall thoughts on the trade. Looking at it, I'm kind of surprised that nobody could match that. I'm kind of surprised. I, I fully believe that's the best offer they got. Unless some sort of like well, NFC you, South you team gave the best them that. Offer if yeah, a, they, they didn't care as long as it went to an AFC team, right? Right. But why didn't the team like the Colts match that? I, I don't know. The Colts I, need right? I mean, that's not a high price for Julio Jones. Uh, they're bringing in a quarterback who, you know, kind of well, had a questionable season last year. Do they not? I, I guess maybe they don't have a second round draft pick yeah, next that's year. What, that's, I don't, they don't have a second round. I don't think you they, could, but you could still make it work. It's not like you need to have the second yeah, round or next year. You could have gone like a third and match and then that like value. Your first next yeah, year. the Colts know. or yeah, I don't know. And I guess you could say with the Colts also maybe if I were the Colts, I'd be going pretty run heavy with Wentz and the running backs that they have. So, and without the second round pick, maybe, maybe the Colts don't make so much sense, but I know the C, I mean, I guess the Seahawks and the Rams don't have any draft picks anyway, but like the Packers, maybe green Bay, they could have yeah. maybe, uh, I'm surprised the Patriots. There. Patriots could have Patriots. I get the Patriots. I feel like already did what they wanted to do with weapons on offense. Yeah. But um, you didn't expect Julio Jones to be on the market. 
Yeah. Well, true. I, th- I think that's part of the reason why he went for so little. Every team already made their plans for the, if this was three months ago, if this was before the draft, yeah. before free agency, they'd probably get a first round draft pick for him. But since this happened at the worst possible time where every team's already filled, or at least tried to fill the holes that they have on their roster, particularly a wide receiver, then yeah, it's going to be hard for somebody to like, assets. Yeah, you're only, you can only really give it to the teams that didn't figure out their wide receiver position, which was Tennessee. They, everyone kind of thought they'd go with <laughs> Elijah Moore was the one that I mocked him to. That was the most common thing and they didn't do anything at the position. So yeah, Tennessee always made sense. Uh, that's for those who haven't seen the TikTok that I made. We may, I said that I thought he would go to Tennessee blue wire made a graphic that Photoshopped him in a Tennessee uniform, AJ Brown, the Titans wide receiver made a TikTok using our background to recruit Julio Jones, which looks to have worked. So we did it. We like to think that uh, we had a very, very small uh, hand in shaping that trade. But anyway, we should probably move on. This has been a long time to talk about one player. But yeah, super, super cool. I would trade like to, to bring up one point. more thing. Um, where do you guys think Julio ranks all time? Oh, right. I've got him at probably sixth. I think you got to have I, Jerry Rice is probably uh, Jerry Rice Jerry is Rice number is one, one I would say. Yeah. yeah. Moss, T.O., I have Lance Allworth in the top top five. And I, Don I, rem- Hudson. I think I remember you talking about that. Lance Allworth <laughs> made like so many all pro teams in a row. And I feel like, you know, adjusting for era is what you've got to do. Otherwise, you're just going to have all 2010s players. Yeah. Isn't so, Don Hudson the name of the like guy out of cars? <laughs> That's Doc Hudson. That's Doc, Doc Hudson. Close on Hudson, the Hudson Hornet. That's Doc. Don Hudson is the Packers guy who like oh. invented wide receiver. So I feel like I've got to put him up there. Sounds and like then, you're biased. And then, <laughs> but like, okay, are you putting Julio above Calvin? Yeah, I, I think I would. I think I would put Julio above Calvin. Um, just to prolong. You'll, you'll probably get some hate for that, but I, I kind of I might, but I don't know. I think I think they're similar. I think that's Julio had just a more prolonged stretch of excellence that Calvin didn't, I mean, I'm not saying Calvin didn't have a prolonged stretch of excellence, but I think Julio had a longer one and I don't think the peak was really substantially any different and Julio's still going. So I would, I think I would give Julio an edge over Calvin. I think I would give him an edge over Antonio Brown all time, even though Antonio Brown has more all pros. I just feel like, you know, I'd rather have Julio for the, Entirety of his career in the prime, that's a little that's bit fair. of a different destruction. Uh, just, just based off Antonio Brown's antics alone, yeah. I don't think he's top ten. <laughs> oh, I think he's top ten. Oh, he really? Made, uh, he made four all pro, <laughs> four all pro teams. He was ridiculous, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, at his top peak, 10 don't get me wrong, solidly. he was like the best receiver in the NFL without a doubt. But yeah, I I don't know, but I would have him at like I mean after those five that I named, um, I'd put him at probably six right after that. Fair. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. No, I that feel. I feel that's pretty fair. I don't love doing like all time rankings because I'll be it's real hard. with you. I haven't watched a ton of Don Hudson film, admittedly. <laughs> it's not about that. For all time, I think it's more about like, I mean, I don't know about accolades. Yeah. I like accolades matter, you know, longevity. You kind of got to combine it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, but he's somewhere in that 10 to 5 range or whatever. Yeah. He's top 10 for sure. Yeah, I've got him at six. That's where I would put him. I'd put him as the sixth best receiver of all time. As far as the NBA goes and the NBA playoffs, I feel like they're really starting to hit their stride. The first couple of days, 
the first couple of games of the NBA playoffs were amazing. And then every series pretty much, except for a couple, kind of sucked after that. But now we're kind of getting to the point where it's getting exciting. There's very few teams left that aren't contenders or at least seriously trying to contend for the title this year. And uh, we got to talk about Nets Bucks first. The Bucks caught the biggest break they possibly could have. James Harden pulling his hamstring again probably means he's not going to play again in the series, I think. And even if he does, he probably won't be 100%. He almost certainly won't be 100 He's already been ruled out for game two. He got ruled out for game two yesterday. Um, the fact that they weren't able to even make the game close is a terrible sign. And part of it is maybe that they just shot bad throughout the game. But Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, terrible. They were terrible. Holiday was okay, but Chris Middleton, I can't remember the last time, and uh, you know, an all-NBA level player. I know he's not that quite there this year, but has played that bad in a playoff game. I expect them to play better in game two. There's no way that they just play like that for the rest of the series. And they played bad in game one of the Heat series too. So maybe you just say, okay, they're bad at starting series. But it wasn't even just that they were missing the shots. They were shooting four seconds into the shot clock on three guys in transition when Giannis wasn't on the court. It's just crazy stuff that made no sense. Uh, and the Nets didn't seem to be faced at all by the size of the Bucks. I mean, they put out a lineup that had Joe Harris at the four and Blake Griffin <laughs> at five, and it worked with Giannis on the court. That can't ever happen. Yeah. Blake, Griffin, Blake Griffin can't hold Giannis. And Giannis is pretty much the only person who played consistently well. Uh, Brooke Lopez was not very strong inside at all. And the Nets decided to attack him on the pick and roll a ton, and it was working great. I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff that I saw with the Bucks that worried me. Yeah, I would agree. And like, what was the Nets record without Harden this year? It, or it was bad. Like, I'm well, maybe not bad, but like, with and without Harden was, I mean, there was, it was part of the reason why he was in the MVP discussion for a minute there. Um, and, you know, Harden seems to be kind of the more, because all of the Nets seem to miss a little bit of time this year. They were the worst without Harden. And Giannis needed to have the kind of game and need to have the kind of series that Jokic had against the Trailblazers, like at least because, yeah, the Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, I mean, he should he should eat those guys for lunch. And he had 34, so it's not like that's bad by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, you kind of even have to expect even a little bit more from, I mean, a little bit more. But, yeah, you're right. It, it was everyone else around him and just the the disappointment and the lack of the lack of momentum that the bus bucks <laughs> seem to have going into the other games. And just, it's, it's, it's like we were talking about Porzingis where it's not just like the shot. We were talking about Porzingis and it wasn't like the shots just aren't following, falling. He, the shots aren't falling and they look like horrible. Like he looks horrible. They doesn't pass the eye test or the like box score when you're seeing what he's shooting. That's how the, like the whole bucks team kind of looked. I, I remember I was talking about Milwaukee against the Heat, and they shot horrible, especially like in game one. They shot horrible from three, and they still ended up winning. Kind of same situation. They weren't able to shoot well, but now they can't win. Like you, if they're not able to, if they're not going to be able to go out and play the same breed of basketball they could against the Heat, 
when they don't when uh the Nets don't have Harden, when they get Harden, it's going to be over. Like it's not even going to be close. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday actually playing well. Uh, Giannis did his thing, but if you don't he have did. to worry about, I mean, you're if you're the Nets, you're always going to challenge Giannis and make the other players on that team beat you. Any team's going to do that. No one's just going to say, well, we'll we'll guard up on uh, Drew Holiday and we'll just see if Giannis can, you know, drive inside. <laughs> like, yeah, he own. can. He can do that. Um, <laughs> But it would just seem like the second Giannis would go out of the game, all of a sudden, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, these guys are veterans. Drew Holiday's played fantastic in the playoffs before, and they're just rushing into shots for no reason. And I don't, I don't know if it was just they aren't used to it. I don't know if that's what Bud was telling them to do. I can't tell you. I think that the Nets are – they played a really good game defensively. They put in a lot of energy. They were playing playoff intensity basketball. The Bucks weren't. Uh, but – there's no reason why Middleton and Holiday shouldn't be able to take these guys one-on-one that the Nets are putting on. And Bruce Brown's good, but Holiday just got an $160 million contract extension. You can, yeah, you need to be able to do that. Uh, I thought defensively the Bucks played pretty well for the most part, uh, but you need to be scoring 120 points a game or thereabout to have a shot against the Nets. I think they'll play better next game. I was just really disappointed that they didn't pull that one out. Um, without Harden. Not that I'm like cheering super hard for the Bucks, but I think it would be kind of cool to see the Bucks make a big run this year. Right. Um, but yeah, I, it, the whole series is going to come down to Harden's health and the guys around Giannis playing better at this point. Moving on to Clippers Mavs. I was so, I, I really, I had a TikTok ready to talk about how all the young stars were winning. Booker, Trey Young, Luka, and then Luca lost, and I know it wasn't his fault. Like Luca, like was awesome. Except I know he started the first half really well. The second half he fell off a little bit. Um, but God, man, I, I really thought they were going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, it's just not. The Mavs just aren't as talented as the Clippers. There yeah. really isn't any <laughs> other way to put it. Luca has a bunch of fine guys around him. But there isn't a second guy you really have to worry about. Kristaps was supposed to be that, and he's just been so banged up and injured, and he just doesn't have that physical level he can hit in the playoffs that I heard you someone, need your center to hit. I heard someone say that, or I saw a tweet that was like, "He's not seven foot three; he's five foot twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter too. <laughs> That's a the good way, way to put it. The way that I see it is that. The Mavs' problem is, A, they don't have a second guy that you can confidently go to outside of Luka. So that makes Luka have to do everything. And, that, and, I then, think he's that's tired, and then he's tired by the fourth quarter. Like, he's yeah. visibly, like, gassed and, and like, uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it know? was very obvious that he was like, I can't do anymore. Right. And I think the other thing is that they aren't physical enough. Or teams don't respect their bigs. Because I saw a lineup with Kristaps and Boban, two of the tallest players in the NBA. I think two of the three tallest players in the NBA, unless I'm yep. forgetting somebody. I, I don't think you are. They, and the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers yeah. matched that with Nick Batum at center. <laughs> I, think they just, that, I think that's an interesting... Well, the Clippers don't really have huge bigs at all. That's, I think that's going to be interesting with Gobert in the next round. And one thing that I think, you know, Gobert has been kind of picked on in the playoffs a little bit uh, over the past couple of years. 
And it, it, the Clippers, I think they'll go small ball again against him. Um, and, you know, we'll see if he can hold up. And if he doesn't, I'm going to be go go bear. I'm, I'm done with go bear. If he, if he just looks totally flat defensively in the playoffs again, if he can't, if he just looks bad again and it against the small ball Clippers and yeah, they did it against, they did against the Mavs to great effectiveness. So, but obviously, uh, Gobert is a little bit of a better defender than, uh, those two tall guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I think that I don't, with Chris Stops, I don't think that it's ever going to work out with him. I don't want to just say, I mean, I know he's young and that's the comments I've been getting on my Twitter. He's young. You got to give him more time. That was the sixth season that just finished. Like he's not, I don't know if he's going to be a significantly different player. He has been injury prone his entire career and his contract is brutal. It puts the Mavs in a bad spot. They have enough cap space to go sign a max player this off season, but I don't know who it would be. I don't know what who, they do going from who here. Who won the Porzingis trade? On oh, the next easily. <laughs> yeah. Would they get it was that Dennis Smith that they got from that? And yeah, they got Dennis Smith Jr. They got oh man, I'm forgetting exactly what and they got some picks, really. Yeah. But Chris Stops is just he's one of the worst contracts in the league. I know yeah. people are gonna hear that and they're gonna be you're overreacting to one series. It's not. Even if Chris Stops was a little bit better than he was in that series, and he is a little bit better than he was in that series. Uh, since you can't rely on him to stay healthy, I mean, again, six seasons, he's not played or has not had a season where he's missed less than double-digit games. He's played 100 games in the past three seasons. He's played 150 in the past four. Those are terrible numbers. Uh, so if you can't rely on him to stay healthy or to be physical enough to play, you know, playoff-level basketball, or if you can't rely on your seven-foot-three center to stop the other team from going small ball, he's not useful to any contender. No. Yeah. Nobody, he's not nobody trying to team. Yeah, he's not yeah. useful to any team under under any like amount of money. I mean, I guess he's decent offensively as he can hit some like nice shots that most bigs can't, but like yeah, you're right. Like that what is it? Like 30 and it's all guaranteed, so you can't just like get rid of him right now. I guess you no, could, no, but his, like his full contract is like massive. Like, I mean, it's absurd. It, it, and it doesn't matter that he's seven foot three and hitting threes if he can't do the things that somebody who's seven foot three is supposed to do. Right. What he, is didn't, the he didn't even between... hit his threes in game seven. He was what was he, oh for five, oh for six, something yeah, like that? Yeah, and he's not it's not like he's a consistent knockdown shooter. Right, really right. I mean, Kristaps is kind of he's good for somebody who's seven foot three instead of being like really, really amazing. I think yeah. he shot like thirty seven percent from three, which is good. It's above league average. Uh but I don't know. I'm just not very high on him. And I don't know what the Mavs plans to get better are going forward from here. If they don't land somebody in free agency. Can I predict the Suns to lose again? I've been dying to do it all day. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. So the Suns, Suns nuggets start tonight. And, uh, you know, I was very excited after beating the Lakers. Obviously I was, anyone who follows me on Twitter probably saw me harassing uh, the Lakers and going tweeting once every about five minutes during the games and getting jokes off. And I was very excited to see the Suns be the ones to knock LeBron out in the first round, but that was an easy series. It was so the Lakers had LeBron and no one else on that team could do anything like Kuzma was was awful. Kuzma was unbelievably bad. Dennis Schroeder, unbelievably bad. Like LeBron's second best option in that series 
was like THT made like it was ridiculous. Like there was no one that was that was playing really well once Anthony Davis got hurt. And yeah, yeah, like so Anthony Davis might have been his second best option. Well, yeah, well, yeah, obviously Anthony Davis is the second best option. But once they started losing, you know, Anthony when Anthony yeah. Davis was out and they, they dropped those games, like, I mean, the Lakers were playing just terrible basketball. And the Nuggets, well, the, they don't have the, gravi- the gravitas that the Lakers had. Like, the Lakers were probably had the best odds to come out of the West. They're, they're going to be a much more difficult matchup than the Lakers were once Anthony Davis got out. Like, much more. I, I Even though Murray is hurt, I just can't imagine that as a team, they play as poorly as the Lakers were playing. Like you can't have like starters dropping zero like the Lakers were were doing. So, well, I'm not sure how I feel about this series. I'm a big Jokic guy for sure. Mm -hmm. I think he's been the best player in the series or the best player in the league this year. I don't think that's a hot take, but the Nuggets are also not 100%. Missing Jamal Murray is a big deal. They're starting players who should not be starting in the playoffs. Right. Um, <laughs> realistically, uh, if like if Michael Porter Jr. goes cold, you're relying on Austin Rivers to hit his shots, or you're losing games, uh, and that's that's not a good spot to be in. There, I think a healthy Nuggets team is beating the Blazers in five or four. And you saw some games where it's just like, man, there's not anything that they can do. That's why I was kind of nervous about my take because Dane was doing all this. And sometimes the Nuggets were looking like they were running out of gas because you can run the offense as good as you want if you're Jokic. If your guys can't hit shots, when you kick it out them, it doesn't really matter. Right, right. Um, whereas the Suns, I feel like, are a little bit more complete of a team. You've got Aiton playing well, Bridges Very playing complete. well, Booker is going to be great. And I don't. I don't think the Nuggets have anybody who's going to match up against Booker all that great. Uh, Chris Paul looks like he's getting healthier. I kind of like the Suns in this series. You know, you say it, and deep down, as much as I I do enjoy being the pessimist, or I guess the realist is what I call myself, which is probably the the sports equivalent of calling yourself a centrist. Uh, But uh, I do, Matt is making a lot of sense to me right now. Um, You know, I don't want to, so maybe I will pick the Suns here because I, it is it is the backcourt that they are putting forward compared I, I to think, the Suns backcourt. Or I, yes. I think I think I'd be willing to take the Suns at least in the first game, maybe not for the whole series. Um, again, I, I I really thought Portland had like a good shot against Denver, and they just despite Dame looking like an absolute monster, it just didn't matter. So I don't know if I'll take them for the whole series, but um, I, I definitely think the Suns have a chance to get one or two. Yeah, and the the Aiton has calmed me because one guy I was really nervous about going into the the Lakers series was Aiton, and he was, I mean, he was our second best play. He was he was a lot better yeah. than Chris Paul was throughout that entire series, and for a lot of it, he was better than Booker was for those middle games. And th- um, that's 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 some pretty high praise because Booker no, and is, Paul were were phenomenal. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were good. And and Aiden was really really good against. And even when Anthony Davis was was playing, he was he was doing a decent job against Anthony Davis. I would I would yeah. say. And um, Jokic is better than Anthony Davis, I think. But um, 
you know, I, I, Aiden gave me a little bit of confidence that he can match up against the elite big men uh, in the last series, which I didn't, which I had a little bit. I said that I liked how he played against Giannis at the end of the season, but, um, you know, I wasn't super, super confident in how he do offensively, you know, with his kind of tendency to be a little bit passive there. And Jokic isn't as good as de- on defense as, as Davis was, and Aiton was good on offense versus Davis. So I don't know. I, I, I will say that I think I'll go against what I like to do and pick four of my favorite teams. So I'll be doubly disappointed if they lose. I'll be down horrific if it happens. Um, hopefully I don't jinx them. But yeah, well, well, let's say Suns in seven. I won't be too optimistic. Well, the oh. thing about Aiton is that uh, he's not going to do a worse job defending Jokic than Enos Kanter. <laughs> that is I, very I true. I guarantee it. <laughs> I don't typically uh, pull out the guarantee, but I know it for a fact. <laughs> um, I mean, there's some, if, if Nurkic got fouled out in the Portland series, which he did multiple times, I'm pretty sure, or maybe it was just one, what what would the Trailblazers do? At that point, you're just totally screwed. I mean, it's that or Carmelo Mello at the five. Yeah. Or <laughs> Rondé Hollis Jefferson at the five. It just, they didn't have the lineups or the answers at all for yeah. uh beat up Nuggets team. And that's why Dane might be on the move. That's the point that, that that team is at. And even even a Blazers team like that still was able to take the Nuggets to six. I feel pretty good about the Suns in this series I, uh, just because the Nuggets are hurt. You say Yusuf Nurkic. This is just a random thought of mine. He looks exactly like Lil Dicky. Exactly. I can't tell him apart. <laughs> exactly? Exactly. I don't know like, about that. They I look can see the same. similarities I mean, in my obviously head. one of them is gigantic and the other is probably not very big. But they look exactly the same. And that is my take on Yusuf Nurkic. You know, something, something else that I've wanted to bring up for a while that has almost nothing to do with what we're talking about. Awesome. Yeah. My favorite My favorite. I'm a horrible things. live tweeter. I can't live tweet the you same way. Like, you mean I can, live tweet? Like I'll, during a game? Like during a game, I'll watch like LeBron make a play and then what am I supposed to tweet? Good job, LeBron. Do you think I do Did a good job with that? the live tweets? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you see, like you do, you think of like interesting things to say right off the bat. Me, it takes me, like I, I like my tweets. <laughs> I don't think my Twitter's bad or anything. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I got nothing. Yeah, I don't I, know. I've I, never thought about like how my live tweets are. I've gotten so much better at it. I've gotten a lot. It's an, it's an art form. It really is live tweeting. It's, it is, it's hard. You've got to, you've got, I've, I'm sometimes I do it a little bit too much. I think I could probably scale it back a little bit. I kind of go for quantity over quality when I'm live tweeting. I say a lot of things in a short amount of time, but uh, I, I do think that I do a pretty good. I think I've, I think I have some funny things to say whenever I'm watching a Suns game or a Packers game when it was happening. But, uh, yeah, the live the live tweeting the live tweeting game uh, is it's a difficult one, and I'm sh- it's you've if you someday s- s- I guess one day it just kind of clicked for me. <laughs> one day, one I day I was watching. I don't know if it's all that serious. It's not. But, I mean, uh, it's not that. It's not. The, the was acting right. like it's not to the level of like. Your I'm, ways, trying to, man. I'm trying to think it's of like, like the greatest live tweeters that I follow, and. I'm thinking of like Dragonfly Jones. That account is like elite. And he doesn't even live tweet like super, super much. But like, I don't know. I follow some accounts that are just hilarious, like like right off the bat. And I I try to emulate them as much as I can. But, uh, you know, it's it's a tough game to, to get into. Well, before we wrap things up, we have a couple of reviews that I want to read. Um, just like from our like Apple reviews, because we haven't read those in a while. So I figure we'll 
take a look at some of those. First one is his name is just a bunch of random characters, so I'm not gonna like read it. Uh, but the title is Bladen is Slacking. First of all, I want to say that two of these are just straight up Bladen slander. Half of one is straight Theo slander. This isn't this isn't reading the reviews. This is addressing the haters. This is, <laughs> this is just well, knocking like, us down a little bit. After, but they're all uh, they're all five star reviews. So can I really complain that much? Fair enough. Uh, no, but he says first of all, great podcast guys, you're doing great. But I do have a question. Matt has the corn reviews. Theo has the bird reviews. What is Bladen going to review? Um, I don't know. Then you try to. You should. You could do. I don't know. Do like you're, you're, reviews, the, you're the number like, one. Yeah, you could do. You could do something with coding. That would kind of be oh funny. God, I, like I, code reviews. Code reviews would be so boring. <laughs> yeah. But like your code that's is kind of what makes it funny. Like, your this code is not up to to snuff. You could do code. You, you forgot do, a semicolon. Like <laughs> you could do like I don't know something about Kanye West. We could do a we could do like a Kanye West song draft. That would be kind of fun. Kanye song. Like you draft like you see like people draft like breakfast cereals or yeah. like. Halloween candy. You could do like we could do like a Kanye song draft. You could do something like that since you're such or like guitar. I don't know, you could guys. do something <laughs> with guitar. You could do something with guitar. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would review. I don't I don't have gotta like, come to you naturally, man. You can't force yeah, it. Yeah, like you I can't, can't force it. it. If you guys have ideas for stuff to me for stuff uh for things that I can review, just like DM me. I don't know. I, I have think no the, idea. I think the code is a funny idea. Code you got to put the slash S. This is poorly written. You're going to get an error. You're going to get an error. It's kind of blatant script. Blatant uh, script to write your own. Uh, okay, next next one. Another five star uh, by Lisa Partena637. Small grievances, but I'm coping. Oh my five God. <laughs> Theo, have you read this? <laughs> yeah, I've read it. Okay. <laughs> I've really liked every episode, though I do have small grievances. I think that Bladen's ice cream choices <laughs> are absolutely psychotic. <laughs> that that <laughs> and he should address that. I, I've already addressed it. It's not psychotic. Um I also think that Theo should not be allowed to talk about Culver's. Especially when he is saying that Culver's is better than In N Out. He needs to learn that there's a fine line between hot takes and dumb takes. That is dumb. Matt, you're doing great. Overall, good podcast. Yeah, see, you notice how we get a lot of hate <laughs> reviews, but none of them are about me. Matt, you're, you're no, afraid of the fire. To... You're afraid of the fire. <laughs> I, the fire doesn't come to me as far as I'm concerned. I'm trying to think of a funny thing. I know who left that review. I know. I know who left that review. <laughs> I. It's, it's a long story, personally. but I, I do know it's... <laughs> And I was about to say that a friend of mine left a review on our podcast and it changed their name. It gave them a random name. Oh, and really? that is the re- that is the review that her, her name is not Lisa whatever. Yeah. You know what uh you know what account I stumbled upon the other day actually? What account? Theo Ash hater. You found oh, the, no, I, just on I my for that. you page. You found like, that? Oh my god! It's the, <laughs> yeah, hey, no, this, I saw that. Too. I will say the same person who runs the Theo Ash hater account left that left that review that's what i figured that's anyway, a funny we're, we're way off track we're right? way off track wait. nobody even knows i yet. know i also yeah. know they're gonna listen to this so hello that's that's what i'll all say all right well uh 
I could not keep a straight face um, during that entire reading of that review. I, but moving on to Culver's the last is one. better than In and Out, though. Wait, no, I'm it's not. No, yes, it is. It is better. It is better. And no, no. I specifically we're, we're not was told not this. to talk about this, but it is. It's better than In and Out because it's well, it's better pure quality wise. the The price of In and Out is what makes In and Out so good. The well, it's price and quality cheap. is part of what being a good fast food. I know, I know. And is. if you want to make that argument, I'm 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 willing to listen to it because Culver's is more expensive and for fast food that that, that matters a lot. It's the same thing with like but Five Guys. The the In and Out fries are garbage. I'm sorry, they are. They're stale. I'll they're, give you the fries aren't great, but the fries their burgers are, are phenomenal. The burgers, but the but the Culver's burgers are also phenomenal and you can get the ice cream which is better and you can get the the like cheese curds or pretzel bites which the variety is also In-N-Out, better In-N-Out than In-N-Out. is the best fast food burger I've ever had, but that is such a bad it's there there it's just okay. In and out it food wise it is, is pretty it's fast standard. Food. It's, fast it's pretty food. mid fast food. It's mid fast food. It's okay. It's very very it's very cheap and it's 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 good because it's cheap, but it is very cheap and it's I good think you and can cheap. Tell. And it, as much as I would love to go back and forth with you it's on fine. this all day, Theo, we have one more review to get to. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get so much. This one's this one's almost this praise. Uh, Theo isn't as bad as I thought by <laughs> yes, Jewel69065 star review. I like this a while a back, I blocked this guy on TikTok because I thought that the way that he evaluated players was dumb and that he just liked to hate on the good players to seem different. I started listening to the podcast for a while, and after eight episodes, I finally realized that the guy that I blocked on TikTok was the one and only Theo Ash himself. Now, do I think that his TikToks about various NFL players are dumb? Yes. But after listening into the podcast, I've come to the conclusion that Theo isn't as bad as I thought he was. Well, this is what I get the handed compliment. It, it was, well, I appreciate it because I, I, I like if people change their mind on me, that's good. Like if you come around and say, okay, Theo's guy. But the thing is, I am positive about players a lot. It's just negative reviews are the ones that blow up. Negative reviews. So if you only see me on the yeah. For You page, I'm probably saying something bad because I say a lot of positive things, but people don't care. They'll, I will say something like, this guy's underrated, you know, 30,000 views. I'll say a guy is overrated and it'll get 500,000 views because people are so angry at me. And that's why like Matt... Matt gets no slander. Matt does not hate anyone. Matt is like, I'm not the biggest Chris Stapps Porzingis fan. After Chris Stapps, <laughs> like, that's what the kind of performance that it takes for Matt. To say. And that's why you have no haters, Matt. Because, because you, don't you waited hate. six years because to you, call someone you're Matt. Not, it, when, when everyone is like, uh, when someone is clearly washed like Porzingis, that's when Matt will step up and say, I'm not the biggest Porzingis off, fan. That's, that's not even true. Uh, for instance, my Ben Simmons... Isn't you didn't as good even as Trey Young Simmons. Take. I didn't hate Ben Simmons, but I for sure am on the Ben Simmons is not that good. Trey, like he's good. Go. He's not that good. I've said that before, and I'm they're playing each other, so I don't want to say anything and jinx anything. But how could you possibly watch game one of that Hawks game and be like, oh yeah, Trey Young's not as good as Ben Simmons? Come on, right? Like that's he, not. It was always, but you were right about that. You were right that Trey Young, and we talked about that a lot on the on the. We had a long Facetime call, and we were talking about Trey Young versus Ben Simmons. And I'm not even saying that Porzingis is not that good. I'm saying that Porzingis is probably the worst contract in the league right there now. There we go. Maybe we John go. Wall is worse, just because. Yeah, I mean, John was, Wall is just ridiculous money. But Porzingis, 
And it's not even that Porzingis isn't shouldn't is like a player who shouldn't be in the league. I don't think he's that bad, but he can't stay healthy. No contender can use a guy who can't stay healthy. He's locked up for big money for the next three years, and there's no other player like that who's locked up for that long. So, yes, and but when you really want to get people to hate you, it can't. It's got to be a young guy. It's like Tua. Like Tua, people are so (laughs) mad at me all the time. Um, And they're mad at me too. Yeah, they're mad at you too. And but I don't know. I. I, I'm glad that guy changed his mind. And I, I, I do I do understand how it's annoying to always hear me say negative things about players if that's all you see from me is negative things. Like, you'd be like, okay, dude, you're not an athlete and all you say is bad things about athletes. I, I do say good things about them a lot. It's just when if you're only watching the For You page and you only see, like, my biggest videos, a lot of them are negative because my yeah. negative... People like negativity. Uh, yeah, you know, ask no, I, I agree. Like, uh... And people are going to be like, oh, then you're just a sellout. It's like, no, we make both styles of content. Yeah. It's just you only see the negative ones. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't like every play. Every pl- some players I don't think are very good. It's just this how is, it goes. This is coming well, from the when guy When I first said Jimmy pro- Garoppolo wasn't a top 10 quarterback after they were in the Super Bowl, I got so much hate. I'm like, he's just not that good. He's the reason they didn't win the Super Bowl. I, I so heartedly believe that. Now everyone believes that. Matt, yeah, go exactly. ahead. What were, what was, <laughs> I, I believe you were about to take a shot at me. <laughs> no, was of I? Of course. No, 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 Matt, Matt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just going to say that this is coming from the guy who believes that. He's like, most prospects are bad, guys. They are. <laughs> guys, right. mostly, they mostly suck. Speaking, they yes. they, Statistically they do. speaking, Most of the guys most, drafted most in the first round will become Hall of Famers. They're they not won't. all going to make the Pro Bowl. They won't, and people think they will. People are like, look at look at reviews, look at player comparisons on like any draft site, and it's like it'll be a Hall of Famer like nine out of ten times. Like the expectations are are far too far too high for every first round pick. So I might come out and I might say, you know, maybe maybe. Maybe Zach Wilson isn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he's going to be Drew Locke instead. And everyone acts like I just shot their dog. <laughs> and in reality, that's probably the not even a hot take. That's probably like the more boring, like normal take is that yeah. the average guy is going to be the average guy, you know. But anyway, I digress. I'm glad that that guy likes me more. I'm glad that that yeah. guy likes me more than he did. So wrapping it up here, since we didn't talk about them, uh, Hawks versus Sixers. Who do you have in that series and in how many games? This might be a little bit reactionary, but I've, I think I've got the Hawks winning that game. And a lot of it has to do with, I think, Trey Young is better than Ben Simmons. Um, you know, although in the second half, Ben was on, in the first half of that first game, I'm getting into it too fast. We, we've got to wrap it up. I've got Hawks. I can explain yeah. it more in the next episode. I, I'm going to take the Hawks. I'll, I think it'll go to like six or seven, but I think the Hawks got it. I'm going to go 76ers in six or seven. I think uh, Trey Young's better than Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is still a good player who is not playing bad at all, and he's not even the best player on that team. And Beat will get it done. Uh, Philadelphia was just really rough in that first quarter, but even then they almost came back. So I'm not going to overreact. Give me the 76ers. You probably, you're probably right. I'm going to, Matt convinced me I'm changing my answer to the 76ers. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to okay. stick to my guns. You, you got them right in the Knicks. We both picked the Knicks and you picked the Hawks. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. If you're watching on Spotify or Apple, download, leave us a review. We might read it again in another episode, probably not next episode, but maybe in a couple here. Uh, and I appreciate y'all listening. Have a good one. Catch you on the flippity flop.
Scott Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.